Hey, today on episode 479 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we chat with Michael Aguilar and Naomi Watkins from This Is Her Place podcast. We get to find out the story of This Is Her Place podcast and what motivated them to start a podcast all about all the awesome women here in Utah. What a great conversation. We're going to get into that here in just a moment. Yeah, I really love talking to these guys. They are extra special and this is such a cool project. I'm excited to share it. But before we get into that, I think we should introduce ourselves. A good sir. I think, yeah. (laughs) I'm Chrissy Hollifield. Hey, I'm Chris Hollifield. And we are your hosts of the show. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, welcome back and thank you for joining us again. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you might be wondering what it's all about. Well, we're here every week with a brand new episode where we like to showcase awesome people in Salt Lake City and surrounding areas. We get to talk to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, podcasters, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. All right. Like I said at the very beginning on this episode, we chat with Michael Aguilar and Naomi Watkins. We get to talk about their podcast, This Is Her Place podcast. Oh my gosh, I love talking to other podcasters on on this podcast. It's so fun because they're just as excited about it as us. Yeah, and then every time I'm just like, what a great idea. Like this podcast all about all the awesome people here in Utah. Yeah, the spin on it, the angle they take is amazing. Yeah, so anyway, like I said, this is her place podcast. This is a good one, you guys. So let's get into it. How did the two of you meet? So if you guys just met really for the first time today, how did you meet? to start the podcast like how did that start for the two of you let's start right there if you don't mind yeah the podcast actually started before mike okay so there was another co-host prior to mike for our what we're calling our first season it was like the test round season yeah well you know i just yeah trying to like figure out what the heck we're doing and during a pandemic what does this look like like figuring out our voices and how the format of the show and then that co-host moved on to something else. And so we actually put out a call, like a job posting and mutual friends of ours recommended that Mike should apply. And he was our top pick. So we're really glad that he said yes. (laughs) And it's been really fun. Mike, I was listening to, uh, I think it might've been the first episode you were on. I don't know, but um, you made me literally laugh out loud. When I was driving, oh. I was like, oh, my gosh, that was so funny. And I just I oh, just had to good. tell you how much I appreciated your humor into it. You're oh, very thank clever. You. Oh, thank you. That's nice of you to say. Thank you. And it's been fun. But I, I have to say, I think for me, not only has it been like a real privilege to get to work with Naomi and kind of tell these stories, but Naomi's really smart. She has a PhD. So it's fun to like she knows her stuff when it comes to women and women's history. But so does uh, the founder of This Is Her Place, uh, Patrick. I don't know. Naomi, can you talk about like how the podcast even started like at all? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was working as the director of education for a nonprofit called Better Days 2020, which was all created to do events and public awareness and education around the women's suffrage anniversaries that were in 2020. So it was the 100th anniversary of some women getting to vote with the 19th Amendment. But a lot of people didn't know that Utah was Utah women were voting 50 years prior to that um, national amendment. And I definitely didn't know that being a transplant to Utah. So Patrick Mason, who is a professor of history at Utah State, had this idea of doing a podcast about women from Utah in the past. 
And um, he approached me, given the work that I had been doing. And I said to him, we can, you know, we can do a podcast about women in the past, but I think it'd be really cool, a different twist to then connect those women from the past to contemporary women, because just like we don't know women from the past, we don't know women who are doing really cool work now either. You know, it's, it's, I think, across the board. And there's really interesting synergies and connections between the past and the present. I mean, unfortunately, we're still working on a lot of or most of the same issues that we were working on in the past. And I think having that connection between past and present just yields a richer and more interesting conversation. I agree so hard. Like I am I'm actually a huge history nerd, not like official. So I can't tell you actual things, but I love learning about it. (laughs) And uh, I was listening to the episode, um, a few of your episodes, the one uh, about the police officer, Rosie Rodriguez. I think it was the very first episode. Rosie Rivera. Rosie Rivera. I'm so sorry. Uh, And she's the first. Oh, no, you're good. I think she's the the first sheriff, female sheriff. Is that in Oh, I don't think so. First count for her first female county sheriff. Yeah. yeah. And then and how you tied the story of I can't remember the other lady's name. I should have written it down. <laughs> Claire Ferguson. Nice. Excellent. It was really, really cool how you could kind of simultaneously tell their stories, but uh, and, and see the connection. It made it feel so much more human. It made the history side of it feel so much more human. And uh, it was a really it's a really clever spin on it that I am really grateful that you thought of. Well, if you think about it, sometimes I think a lot of us, at least for me, are kind of triggered by this like notion of we're going to learn history. Uh, and I think that's just because you're like, no, oh, I already finished high school. Like, why do I have to do this again? <laughs> so I think it, by connecting history with contemporary figures, it makes that digestion of uh, historical fact um, much more. I don't know. I don't want to say much more interesting because history is interesting, but it makes it a little bit easier, I think. It's not like you a can list see of these dates and facts. It's a story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, Governor Olean Walker was the first female governor of the state of Utah. Um, and that, you know, she was alive during my time. So it wasn't like she um, is a historical figure from decades ago. But the current lieutenant governor, Deidre Henderson, is alive and it's fun because she interacts with people and myself on Twitter. So it's nice because I can, I've learned history. I've learned about Governor Walker while also living in history with uh, Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson, who's like a real person who's relatable and interacts with us. So yeah, it's, it's neat. Yeah, she seems very clever. I really, I haven't gotten through that episode, but that's a good episode for everyone to listen to. I like how she's just owning herself. Was Patrick just not interested in doing any of the hosting on the podcast or what's his involvement with the podcast now? Or was it just kind of an idea he had and that was the only involvement he has? It was his idea. And originally, um, and he's, I guess, the, our money guy, right? He's the executive producer. He finds money to make the whole thing run, applies for grants, does that kind of aspect with the podcast, which is an important piece. Absolutely, yeah. And since we're all doing this as side, a side gig to our regular day jobs, it's nice that we each have our own designated role. And when Patrick came to me, he also was like, well, do you want a co-host? Do you not want a co-host? And I, I was pretty adamant that I wanted a male co-host, um, which I think surprised Patrick quite, I mean, a lot. Um, and my reasoning being that a lot of times women's history gets seen as a women's thing. Like, it's only women who like to think and talk about women, which I 
don't think is true. I, I think, you know, women are people and people have interesting stories. Um, and so I wanted, and I also wanted someone who had a different perspective than me. Like Mike has never been a woman, right? Like, um, <laughs> at least I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Unless there's something you have to tell us. Nope. Never. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so it's nice having someone who has a very different perspective too, to like learn about and share these stories and to be interested in them. I mean, I think Mike models that really well. He's so enthusiastic about learning about these different women and sharing their stories. I love how your brain can think outside the box and and um, really appreciate bringing in things that people wouldn't think of like that, like getting opposite perspectives or different perspectives. Uh, that's it's really unusual for someone to to think that way. It's really a cool plan. Well, thank you. Well, and I was going to say when they reached out to me about or when our mutual friend reached out to me about this opportunity, I was really curious. I was like, why do they, to Naomi's point, I think Patrick was a little bit shocked and I was too. It's like, well, why do they, why would they want a man to be participating in this? And that's not to say that I'm not interested. I, I, a lot of my community work as it stands is in, uh, women's rights, women's reproductive rights, women's advocacy. So it's a perfectly aligned, uh, but that's stuff that I get to do behind the scenes. And initially I was like, well, it would seem that they would want a woman to be the face of this podcast. And then I got to learn a little bit more about Naomi's logic and it's true. Women's history or history in general, isn't just one genders history it's all of our history and so it's been really neat to be kind of uh one of the voices one of two voices of of our history um yeah it doesn't have to be gendered you, we i don't think we covered this this is the first podcast that either one of you have ever done correct or have you done another podcast before no <laughs> yeah what what made you no. think to go podcast i didn't i mean it was patrick he was like yeah patrick came and and it sounded like a a fun thing to learn, right? Like, I mean, I've written curriculum, I've written a kid's book, you know, I've had all these other mediums of sharing this history. So it sounded like a fun challenge, but we do have people who, you know, like our producer, well, I don't know what is, what is he called now? Anyway, the person who like edits everything and makes us sound oh, really good. our sound engineer, <laughs> the sound engineer. Thank you. So, so neither one of you have to edit either. You don't, you guys don't have no. to edit. No, okay. we have a team of six people. I, Six total yeah. people. Lucky. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not think rubbing that's that great. in. Sorry. No, no, no. It's it's awesome. It's a lot of work just doing this part. Like I can imagine. I'm sure this is like a full time plus hours gig for both of you. Yeah, uh, podcasting can get a lot of time. That's kind of why I was curious. Like, especially the style of podcast. This is her place, which. I mean, we didn't even really fully, I mean, Chrissy and I will I add an introduction in. to yeah. it and all of that, obviously, and properly introduce the show to let you guys know. But I mean, this is a very well done podcast. When I turned it on, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, right? Like I was like, okay, I want to check this show out. But then I was like, wow, this is very well done, very well produced, very, very well put together. And so I was like, there's got to be a team putting this thing together. I mean, there's well, a I'm lot of share work. that. Yeah. With the team. I love that you said very NPR. And I think, Naomi, you were going to talk about Des, right? And like. So our producer is Allison Pond, and she um, has experience doing long form news at the Deseret News and other news agencies. And so from the get go, we really wanted to make sure that the podcast focused on storytelling. And so, yeah, it's a scripted podcast. We interview people, but then we sit, we have to transcribe all those interviews and then write a script. 
which then Mike and I then narrate and and then have our little impromptu conversations in between segments. But it it is a lot of legwork, you know. It's not just just doing an interview and putting it up, which is what a lot of podcasts are. Yours is not that way either, but you know what I mean. Like like to your point, Chris, podcasting is definitely exploded. Um, there's a lot to listen to, and so. We really, I think, I I think we're really blessed to have people on the team who all have their different strengths and niches and really make it happen. Well, and that's, that's one of the big things I like to emphasize is how much work these podcasts take. I mean, how long does it take for an episode to be put together? I mean, what's the process? Like, I mean, I guess we don't have to get into all of it, but there's a lot of back and forth. It's not like, like this episode will probably be up next week. So, I mean, that's a pretty quick turnaround, right? Like you, you guys probably have... There's a lot to coordinate. You know, you record your seasons and you put it together and you coordinate and you have this recording and, and that recording. you have the, yeah. the added element of having to research. You know, you interview and research, which are actually like typically two different types of podcasts. So you're kind of doing the work of two different types of podcasts into one episode and so it's kind of double work on top of all of that. It it, you're, it really you're is very a lot. right, Chrissy. Uh, the the well, and that's why I have to give kudos to both of you. The interviewing is a very different job than the researching for the interview, but then the transcribing and then pulling all of those uh, the transcription together through like a narrative to create a story. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of work. But I would say. To your initial Chris, your initial question, Chris, what brought me to like what compelled me to do this? I don't know. In the during the pandemic, I have to be honest. Like I found myself at night just like bored and not really feeling fulfilled. I, I do a lot of charity work normally, but this year there's just no opportunities to volunteer because you can't be around other humans. And so when this um opportunity came up, knowing that I could do it virtually, even though it's a lot of hard work and it's wearing different hats um, at different times uh, certainly became worth it because there, you know how certain things motivate you as a human, like being able to like do stuff after my nine to five job. That's like one of the things that motivates me. And it's, and it's really fun and it's fun to work with Naomi. That's so cool. Yeah. It's your creative outlet. It recharges you. Yeah, exactly. Creative. That's outlet. awesome. That's the, every, yeah. Everybody needs one of those. Oh yes. Yes. All right, we're going to take just a minute now and tell you about one of our awesome sponsors. I love talking about them. You love hearing about them, utahmarijuana.org. Hey, they are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I want to give a shout out to uh, Tim Pickett. You guys might remember him from episode 420 on this podcast, where we got to talk about medical marijuana here in Utah. Such a great episode. Well, now their team of medical cannabis cannabis experts, they're going to make getting your medical card super easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. And with over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And I just have to say, I am really happy to be a patient of theirs because they helped me re, uh, what's re up? 
No, yeah, renew, renew your card. Renew yeah. my card. Super I easy to do I have phone anxiety. With yeah. And so they kept calling me and I kept getting scared to pick up the phone. Never picked it up. Uh, they left a lot of messages, helped me walk through it. But they were so awesome, even though I'm, you know, I just uh, wasn't feeling it. But they kept me going. No, they make it super easy. And, they like, really and do. like Chrissy mentioned, use the code GREEN25. You're going to get $25 off your first visit. And then that way they know you came from this podcast. And if you're in North Salt Lake or Bountiful area, check this out, utahmarijuana.org. They have a location right next door to Wholesome Co. up there, right, in, right by Costco. The address is 580 West, 100 North, number four in Bountiful. So depending on where, where you are located in the valley, they have a location just for you. So isn't it time that you took control of your own health? utahmarijuana.org. Feel better. How far do you plan on taking this podcast? Like, do you plan, is it only planned for a few seasons? Is it planned to kind of go as long as you both want, you know, just go and go and go until you get burned out? I mean, what, is there a game plan here or anything? You know, I think that one of the one of my favorite quotes of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, former Supreme Court justice, uh, was when there are nine. When will there be enough Supreme Court justices that are women serving on the bench when there are nine? I would love to be able to tell every story of every remarkable Utah woman. Um, so I guess my answer to that would be like when there are nine, when we've had the opportunity to share everybody's story. Right. <laughs> Naomi? You're going down with the ship, man. You're going to be on your <laughs> deathbed. So, I, I mean, and that's more story. <laughs> basically, I'm just trying to like say I want a job or I want this side hustle for a really long time. I want to like yeah. work on this project for a while because it brings. No, I just think that um, there are a lot of really cool stories and I don't think that we have any sort of like end date in mind. I think the hope is that we uh, will get people to listen. People will enjoy our content. People will learn something about both women from history and contemporary society. And if that happens, then we can continue to, you know, we can continue to tell stories. What do you think, Naomi? The first season was like, we're just going to see what happens. We're going to create something together, figure out the format. And I don't think Patrick had thought past season one necessarily, right? Because if we don't get more money to do another season, then it's over. So, and, but I think now we've like with Mike on board, we've really found our groove, figured out our formatting well. And so now it's like, it's really hard to choose which women to feature, right? Like, because we can't, well, Mike wants to feature everybody, but we, in reality, we really can't, like we have to be it's, selective. It's so and hard really to find. Challenge size. accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> how so? How do you do? You have like a process to pick the women that you're bringing on now, or is it just kind of? I mean, is there kind of a list, or how? What? How are you choosing the women that you're bringing on now? Then I think it's sort of a group effort, but I would say that Naomi leads that with um with kind of the creative team. I think that Naomi, out of all of us, well, with Patrick, kind of has the greatest understanding of women's history, so she kind of spearheads that. I think she doesn't give herself enough credit for it. Well, I'm not a historian, but so, but I think too, a lot of it comes to what's happening in the world around us. So like with season one, we started the the podcast, you know, in the early days of the pandemic. So it was like, you know, what? it makes sense to include Angela Dunn, our state epidemiologist, and then to look at public health workers in the past, you know, with Rosie Rivera and Claire Ferguson, we actually wrote that entire episode before the murder of George Floyd. And then that happened. And obviously things really became center stage about police brutality and race and racial tensions and 
So we actually rescripted the whole episode after we wrote, we wrote it after the George Floyd murder, just because there were different themes that we felt needed to be, you know, brought to the forefront. And so like with this season, it made sense to include Deidre Henderson or like Mike was saying, our latest Lieutenant Governor, it was timely. Um, but sometimes it's just, you know what, this is a fun story. And we pitch stories to each other about different women and, you know, through that pitch effort and our talking about it, different people's stories rise to the top, right? And that's where we go. The one thing that we really try to do, though, is make sure that we're representing women from all backgrounds, all cultural backgrounds, um, from every corner of the state of Utah. Uh, Naomi and I are lucky to l- call Salt Lake City our home. We we kind of like we live in the capital and we kind of bring these stories to the capital and uh, we, you know, we get to tell them. So through that process of identifying, I think one of the things or one of the lenses that we use is truly how do we make sure that we're telling diverse stories as well, not just kind of one person's story. Have you guys thought about doing other podcasts already? And the fact that this is the first podcast you did. I remember when I started podcasting, all of a sudden I got all these <laughs> ideas, ideas now, right? I'm like, okay, okay, I want to do a podcast about this. I want to do a podcast about this. So now that you both have your feet wet with podcasting, Maybe you want to venture out and do your own show, right? Are you addicted yet? I made a joke earlier. He made, he pitched one to me today. So we're doing an episode about re- a restaurant episode and featuring the founder of Red Iguana. Nice. What's her name again, Mike? Maria Cardenas is the Thank founder. You. And then her daughter, Lucy Cardenas, and her partner, are the current owners. So Mike and I went to the Red Iguana today. We both have our shots. We went to the patio, met in person for the very first time. And we sit down and Mike's like, I have an idea. So you should share it. <laughs> and as I was driving, because I haven't been out, like I haven't been out in the world. I haven't had the opportunity to meet Naomi in person yet. I mean, we've been doing this for five, six months now. And today was the first time that we had the opportunity to meet in person. That's wild. That is wild. But we've been, we've tried, we both tried to stay really safe. And so, yeah, we've got our shots and we meet. And on my way, I was like, oh my gosh, I get to hang out with a human being in a in person in a restaurant. And so I was like, you know, it'd be fun if we started a spinoff podcast about where Naomi and I just go to restaurants, specifically women owned restaurants, and we eat on Sundays on their patio <laughs> and we just eat and we tell our story of us eating. You know what? <laughs> I don't I think would, people I would really listen care. To that. But no, YouTube spinoff, YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. I've decided you have to do it now. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Chrissy has decided. Look, I want to watch you guys eat at some wonderful woman-owned restaurants. Right, and there are some really cool ones. I have to say. Oh yeah. Naomi mentioned um, the state epidemiologist, Dr. Angela Dunn. I kind of just want to go back to that really quick because that story on the first season morphed into. I mean, it was really neat, but one of the stories that was told there was the story of Martha Hughes Cannon. And for me and for people listening, like I'm learning about these really cool women as I'm doing this. Martha Hughes Cannon is going to be one of Naomi is at one of 13. Once the four that are pending statues, one of 14 of 100 statues in the Capitol Rotunda in the statute statuary statuary hall. Right. Those are a lot yeah. of big yeah, not words. statutory, <laughs> not I, statutory. I, I, hall. <laughs> sounds, sounds good to me. <laughs> Basically, um, 
Martha's Cannon's our first female state senator, and she. We currently have two men statues in the state capitol back in D.C. This year, or coming up when the pandemic is over, Martha Hughes Cannon will be the first woman from Utah to be represented in the state or in the capitol statuary hall, which is pretty cool because there's only nine others there, and I think there are four in the four in the making. So of the hundred, because each state gets to have two statues represented in Washington, D.C., and of the hundred, currently only nine are women, and I think they're slated to be 14, which is, I think, the math I was trying to do in my head just a second ago. Is that right? Oh, if you say numbers, I ignore that, and I listen to everything else. So your math sounds accurate to me. You could have just said, there's a lot of men. There's a lot of dudes. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of dudes at National Statuary Hall. And Martha Hughes Cannon will be there. Which is cool. I think that's so cool to be the state, like sending one of the first, right? Mm-hmm. One of the first women. I that think is that's really awesome. cool. You know, I was, so when I, I did go to Minnesota, we were talking a little bit earlier before we started recording and uh, I was in Minnesota with my parents and I'm like, man, people still live this way. It's really cool. I felt like I got in a time machine and went back in time. And he's like, you know, Utah's actually really progressive. And he was telling me, cause my dad travels. And he's like, Utah, you would be surprised how progressive Utah actually is because hmm. uh, that's not what we're thought thought of. And so it's it. Well, we need proof, to change proof that. is in the statue. Right. Well, the I statue think. was a fight. The statue was a fight, though. So oh, why was, was it, it a fight? <laughs> like, why was it? It a was fight, because. Well, so the t- the two statues that are there currently, one is Brigham Young, which I mean, I don't know. Not going to touch that guy. And then Philo Farnsworth, the inventor of the television, is the other one. And so Martha will be replacing Philo. And I mean, I would have thought it would be like a shoe in like this will be easy. But there are a lot of Philo fans and a lot of like sexist arguments, right? Like, yeah, well, but Philo's contributions are bigger than Martha's contributions. And we don't need a statue to make us feel better about ourselves. This is a man speaking, of course, oh. where all the statues <laughs> are of you. Or, you know, like, like the TV is the center of the nuclear family. You're destroying the family. Yes. Yes. I'm dying. Yes. yes 100%. That probably was the argument. <laughs> no, I mean, it's argument. true. Yeah. And, you know, and then there was the argument, too, that because Martha Hughes Cannon was a polygamist wife, like, oh, we can't send a polygamist to Washington. And it's like, well, Brigham Young is there. And he was like, I joke, the grand poobah of polygamy. So if you're going to get mad about sending Martha there, then you should also apply that argument to Brigham Young. But of course, yeah, back up. Right. Like, why is there, a, why is there a different how, standard there? Yeah. Yeah. And and there always is like in society. It's really sad. It, it is. It is ingrained in us. And it's even ingrained in women. You know, we we automatically kind of think a little bit more sexist and we have to kind of talk to ourselves and be like, wait, why? Do, why am I thinking that way? Why would I, you know, at least at least our generation, I think. Yeah, we're swimming in it for sure. Wasn't Philo that guy from UHF? That guy with the chemist guy? Wasn't that Philo? Wasn't that his name? <laughs> the one Philo? who turns into an alien at yeah, the end? I think. Anyway. <laughs> I love that that's where you went. Hey, I love that. It's a that. good movie. It's oh, a good movie. man. So tell me about this book that you wrote, Naomi. You've just written the one book, or have you written multiple books? The Champions of Change, 25 Women Who Made History? Is that, uh, that's the book. I mean, what, uh, what's the inspiration behind that book? It's from my work with Better Days 2020. So, you know, being in education, being the director of education, I had to think about, like, how do I get kids to know about these women, right, and make them household names? 
I don't know. I find looking at black and white photos with women with tight buns and stern expressions to be really boring. And they all look the same to me. Like there's nothing distinguishing about them. And so I came up with this idea, like we really need illustrations of these women and those illustrations need to tell a story. So that's how we found illustrator Brooke Smart, who is phenomenal. Um, She really makes the project. And so we worked with Brooke and actually she illustrated 50 Utah women. The book Champions of Change, 25 Women Who Made History is 25 of those 50. So that's really where the book comes from. It's nice to have it in a book form because it's more permanent rather than, you know, illustrations online or in cards. But that that represents a lot of research, right? We had to we had to locate the women. We went to a lot of different communities and asked them, you know, like who is a woman that you would pick that really made a difference in your community? Each of the officially recognized tribes in Utah selected a woman a woman to be in the project. So I don't it's a it's work that I'm really proud of and really a p- collaborative effort. No, it looks really that cool. Is so cool. It looks really cool. I want to I'm going to put a link for it at imsaltlake.com with this episode uh so people can, you know, at least kind of check out the cover. It's a cool cover and I mean what it's about and then hopefully order it, but you could probably get it from some of the bookstores here locally in Salt Lake or uh, do, you know, do you know of any, of the, are so, any bookstores? Like, Probably at King's or, or something like that. King's English has it. And I've seen it. What, what is that coffee? The coffee tea place in Park City. Alchemy? Oh, it'll something? come back to me. It's not Alchemy. It's not. Um, it'll so, come to me. I mean, I've seen it at local bookstores. Okay. Yes. Very cool. Right on. Well, let's, that's, a, that's a perfect transition to, uh, we have some standard Salt Lake City area questions. Let's, let's kind of venture into that, that we like to ask people that come on the podcast. And so we're going to ask both of you. Uh, you know, we have family and friends that come to visit the area and they say, hey, show us around. We kind of have these little tours we take people on, I'm sure. I mean, I know I have my favorite places. So what are some of your favorite places that you like to show off in Utah? And when I say Salt Lake, you know, I say the mountains or, you know, the Great Salt Lake or hiking trails. I don't know if you have any favorite things you you both like to show off a little bit. Uh, so I love when people come to Salt Lake. I, and you know, I tell people when I leave Utah, when I leave Salt Lake City and specifically Salt Lake City, uh, for vacation, I can't wait to come home because I think that we have created the most amazing kind of like cultural, um, space to like live in, work in, exist in. So when people come here, I get so excited about driving them around downtown, pointing out all of the major landmarks, including the including the capital of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, walking up, driving them right by the temple to, to show them that like this worldwide church, this worldwide institution, whether you believe in it, whether you don't believe in it is right here in Salt Lake City. Uh, we always end up at a at a staple restaurant in Utah. Uh, Naomi and I were at the Red Iguana today because we are um, we're working on a podcast uh, episode on women owned restaurants in Salt Lake City. So we were at the Red Iguana, which is women owned, women co founded, women co owned, um, and delicious. I might add, <laughs> and delicious. So okay, side side note, fun fact: go all the time, but especially go on holidays because their holiday they have a different like special menu on the holidays i had the filet mignon today and it was incredible and it's only on special days oh man that is good to know insider yeah thank you yeah you're welcome yeah i i I took several bites of mike's dish it was good it was so good it was so good i love it i love that the first time you guys met you shared food that is like that's a (laughs) co-host right there 
and aggressively shared food too. We're like chips, chips, salsa <laughs> chips. Um, <laughs> the so we always for me we always end at or we always include a, a restaurant staple and there are so many saffron valley which is also woman owned there's always a food element right and then i love one of my favorite places to kind of end the tour of salt lake city is in the avenues up on 11th there's a park there and the park overlooks the valley looking south and one of my favorite things to do is to throw down a blanket in the summer in that park and kind of just like look at salt lake city in all her glory from that space so that is if, if someone were coming to salt lake city architecture Going up and down, showing them the grid, showing them how the grid works. I don't know why people think it's confusing, but show them how the grid works. It's easy. Uh, taking them, it is so. It's one, two, three, one, two, three. Like it's just. I got yeah, it showing after them about the twenty years. Come on, <laughs> get it together, everyone else. Showing them our neighborhoods, eating really good food, specifically good food from women-owned restaurants, and then ending the night stargazing uh, in the avenues. And that's where Naomi lives. I need to pick up Naomi on my way up to the park. In the and I'm like, which park is this? It's like by my house. Yeah, literally it is. So, I, you know, I'm a transplant to Salt Lake from originally from California. And I traded the beach for mountains. I, I love how accessible the mountains are. I mean, I live in the avenues. I live right by Memory Grove. I think that is a fantastic place to take people. But I really just love that drive up Big Cottonwood Canyon and ending at Silver Lake and wandering around and you're likely to see a moose or taking that short, that trail up to Willow Lake, Big Cottonwood Canyon. That's like my favorite. Cause it's only a mile to this like beautiful Aspen Grove. And you get to this spectacular lake where you have a view of the whole Canyon and then moose often come and visit at the lake. I mean, to take people who don't live around nature to be like, we just literally hiked a mile and we're in a whole, like, totally different world with the spectacular, spectacular scenery yeah, I'm ready for summer. Can you tell? <laughs> oh, for real. Oh, the sun is finally showing its oh, face. I, I am so ready for this year. Last year, I just oh, got to get past last year. Now, Naomi, you mentioned you're from California. We didn't talk about where home is. Now, Mike, did you grow up here in Utah or where are you from? I am from Utah. So uh, I actually, I grew up, I I grew up here, was raised here. My father, though, is from Mexico. He moved here when he was a, a, a teenager. And he met my mom. They met at a young age, had me. Um, I'm here. And I uh, I love it. I love Utah. And I moved to Salt Lake about 10 years ago. And I wouldn't go anywhere else. Utah's beautiful. When I talk about traveling to other places, I'm actually talking about traveling back home for holiday functions, not in Salt Lake City, and like getting excited to come back to Salt Lake City because I love it's it. It's so true. When you leave and come back, you're like, whoa, this place is really majestic. Yeah. Like, what? It's, it yeah. is. It really is. It's a, it really it's a is. cool place. Yesterday, we went up uh, to to visit a family member who's looking to buy a new house. We It was an hour away. And- when we came back in, this is funny. I actually, we got off of six south, six, no, four south coming into the city, the kind of the gateway into Salt Lake City. And it was at that moment where I kind of like let out a breath of to be a gay man in Utah. There are only, there are very few places where you like always feel super safe and comfortable. Right. And even though I was with family an hour north, 
still like in those spaces, it's not always the most comfortable place to be. So coming off of Fort South, coming over the viaduct and like into the city and you see the kind of like the landscape, it's like, I told my partner, I was like, ah, breath of fresh air. Like, ah, it's nice to be home. It's nice to be home where I can feel like, you know, I'm safe. Just full on comfortable. These are my people. Yeah. 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 That's rad. Where, where in California are you from, Naomi? Um, I grew up in the San Diego area, so Carlsbad specifically. Yeah. Okay, just always curious. I'm a. I'm. I grew up in Ventura, so I always have to. So yeah, close. I lived in Pasadena. Know. Okay. So as an adult. Very cool. Close. Very cool. Now back to Salt Lake City. Is there anything either one of you would change about Salt Lake City if you had the opportunity? And if not, that's that's completely fine too. We've had we've had people that said, "Hey, you know what? I love it the way it is." I'm if you fine. were a genie in a bottle, like let's really think outside the box. Um, I would stop tearing down our historical buildings and building very ugly, large apartment buildings. Okay. I, like I that. love that answer. No, yes. I, I, I agree. Um, actually, the issue is affordable housing and the fact that we've, and I don't even think, I mean, certainly we should not be tearing down historical buildings, but even fourth South going all the way up to the U has just turned into this kind of cookie cutter six story building like alleyway. And I just, but I get it. I get why we're doing it right. Affordable housing in Salt Lake city is not, it's not affordable though. <laughs> it, it well, really true. Isn't. It's super expensive. It, it's not affordable, <laughs> but a portion of it, but a portion it's of like ugly and expensive. One of the reasons why the city is kind of granting a portion of it is affordable or is meant to be affordable housing. I don't know. I think we have an issue here with um, the services we provide to our homeless population or individuals experiencing homelessness. And that breaks my heart. And I think that I was downtown yesterday around where the road home was and it's now gone. And I recognize, you know, why, um, but that's just, there are camps and campments there. And I think if there's one thing I could change about Salt Lake city, it would be to figure out, this housing crisis and to figure out how to best home individuals experiencing homelessness. That, that would be the thing. Yeah, any, do you have any that. answers, any thoughts? I, Cause I have none. I don't know what they would be, but I was just curious if you had any. Yeah. I mean, I have a few. Um, one of which is I think that the state at large puts a lot of pressure on Salt Lake city to handle the crisis. And I think that there are other cities and townships who have kind of absolved themselves of of their fair share of the problem, you know, and, and it makes sense for people to come into Salt Lake city because this is where all the resources are. But I do think that leaning on each other as like communities beyond even Salt Lake city would really go a long way in, in my opinion. So yeah, that's the, I mean, we need to come together, but housing is an issue. Housing is a big issue. And if it gets too expensive, I mean, how's anybody going to be able to have a house to live in really? Right. That, Even with the pandemic. The concern. Yeah. Anyway, Being that was my soapbox. Worst. You know way too much stuff. <laughs> I know, right? Let's talk about how our listeners can uh, connect with you, the both of you, the podcast, and you know how they can obviously listen, obviously probably in places that they're listening to this podcast. But I'll let you – which one of you wants to talk about all that, like how people can connect and whatnot? So we have a website, thisisherplace.org. So, you know, you can listen to the episodes there, find a lot, like the transcripts of all the episodes, source materials, photos of the women, which I think are cool to see. 
But then, of course, you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. So you can just go from this podcast to our podcast. Yeah, right yeah, there, man. right wherever. It's great like that. It's a great sister That's podcast. That's the beautiful thing about podcast intermingling is because you're like, well, you already found this one, right? You already found I Am Salt Lake, so you know where to go. So just go type in, this is her place. Boom, hit subscribe. Mm-hmm. You're, you're golden. And I love seeing it. I love seeing the the different podcasts that take a, a unique perspective on Salt Lake. And just like you guys, where we're all lifting each other up and sharing stories. And it's it's really neat because they're all shared in a unique way. So we all get to share our voice. And hopefully you know, we'll have, we'll be there to resonate with lots of different types of people. Absolutely. And I, I do love to, one of, one of the things that I love about the I Am Salt Lake podcast, actually my partner Kelly was the one who introduced me to the podcast. I think I told you well, that thank you, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. yeah. He loves, he loves the podcast and, and now so do I. I love how close it is to you two as hosts. And I think if I'm going to, if there was one thing I I actually took from the I Am Salt Lake podcast is that I want to be close as well. So, and by that, I mean, if you were to engage with either myself or Naomi on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, we're going to engage with you too. I think that's the thing about news and uh, any sort, any form of media, it feels kind of like us and them a little bit. It's but the very thing I disconnected. Lo- it is. Yeah. And and yeah. I think that what we're, what you're trying to do and one of my takeaways, and I actually called Chris when I first started this, I, I wanted to ask, okay, I've never been on a podcast before. I have no <laughs> idea how to do any of this. And one of the things that I really am hoping not only to do now, but to do forever is to be kind of approachable in that, like I interact kind of, kind of way. So I hope to your question, how do people get involved? Tweet us, interact with us, because we'll interact right back. And I'll put all those well, links again at IamSaltLake.com with this episode. And what you were going to say something there, Nan. I was going to say, like, we also are always looking for interesting women to feature. So, I mean, this this season we are doing, we're, t- we're doing, telling the story of Josie Bassett, who, which was a listener-nominated listener suggestion. So, I mean, back to your question about, too, like, how do we pick people we don't know all the stories and we're always looking for interesting women to feature so people can nominate or submit, I guess. I mean, a submit a woman to for us to consider. You guys, you probably do you know Connell O'Donovan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like he would have some amazing ideas. Again, remember going back to that one point around um, making sure that we are being incredibly inclusive uh, when it comes to sharing stories of women of all cultural backgrounds. And I think one of the really neat things about Connell and the Utah Pride Center is that they and he has documented stories of queer women uh, over history, which is so. Yes, I totally it's so agree. Cool. He's he started a, a YouTube channel. And oh, my gosh, I love his stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a fan girl. <laughs> Okay, I have a question for you, and I know I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not the host, but I'm just No, curious. no, ask, it's <laughs> you, let's turn the mics down. I, I just am curious, like, and not to put you on the spot, but is there a favorite, do you have a favorite Utah uh, historical or even contemporary woman uh, that has impacted you or has impacted your way of life that you, uh, and I'm asking this because mm-hmm. like, we're going to take it back and pitch it to the team so we can do an episode. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I already, I already think when I think I heard her voice though, on one of your things, I think you already are doing something on Angela Brown. If I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Angela are. Brown is, yeah, it's probably, you know, slug magazine has been one of the biggest influential things probably in my Utah life. So mm-hmm. 
I mean, I would have to think about it. I I have like too many like names going on in my head, and I I I, I really have to think about it. Well, Chrissy, I'm gonna. I'm going to solicit you to actually one day do an episode with us. So there's your warning. There you go. Oh, well, I would love to be a co-host, like a, 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 a temper, uh, what is it called? A guest co-host. A guest that would co-host. actually be kind of fun. That would be fun. Yeah, we that should would do be that. Fun. I don't like being talked to. I don't like. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> we'll make you feel really comfortable about telling your story. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but I will say Angela Brown is an incredible human. I can't even like, she is awesome. She is awesome. Yeah. So really I'm excited so to neat. tell her story. And we tell it's some really so clever and so smart and funny and funny right? and nice and, and organized. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true. We tell some really cool stories this season. Angela Brown is one of them. I think one that I'm really looking forward to is uh, Lily Eskelson Garcia. She was, I don't know if you know, but on the short list to be President Joe Biden's Secretary of Education. Um, no and kidding. we, and we, yeah, it was, I, it was probably one of the coolest parts of my current co host. It was jobs. Mike's first interview. He was very starstruck. Well, was this was cute. in the vetting process. She uh, she told us how she had to run participating in this episode by Joe Biden's team. And they wanted to like double check, you know, who we were and like make sure we were legit. and We weren't going to be some crazy like, I don't know, scandalous people, scandalous thing. It's really hard to get <laughs> political women in there because people assume you're out to get them. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, that's very true. The, oh, but the cool thing about her, though, was like. I'm going to do it. Doesn't matter who it is. This is who I am. If you have a problem with me, you probably haven't Googled my name before. And she's she's awesome. She eventually didn't that's get badass. the... Yeah, she is badass. She didn't get the job, but that's okay. She's going to go on to some really cool things. So but we have a lot of really cool women. Who's your? Who are you excited for, Naomi? Naomi? <sighs> that's so hard to pick. Um, I don't know. I like the episode that we're about to put out this week. Well, I guess once this airs, it'll be the week before that, but... Um, about ranching, like <laughs> we're like city folk talking about ranching, but I mean, it's such a big piece to the history of the state, right? The, mm-hmm. the stories of people in the rural areas and ranching, it's a big component of that, um, where we get our food, but not just that, but also about the struggle and tussle about public lands and what do we do with them? I mean, these ranches, you know, were on native land and with native art and native structures. How do you protect them? How do you give access to them? And that comes up in this um, this episode. And how often are you releasing an episode? About every two weeks. About every two weeks you're releasing an episode. Awesome. Awesome. I did. Because I, I don't think I asked that earlier. So I wasn't sure how yeah. many episodes were in the next season and so on and so forth. You know, like what we can look forward to. So every two weeks, subscribe and you're golden. There, there really is a push and pull right now with... God, I'm so like, I, I, I just care a lot about certain things, but homelessness, uh, public lands is another. So bears ears and the expansion of bears ears. Right. But, um, not to talk about that, Naomi's comment around how public lands are on native lands. And I was like, well, all of this is native land. Like actually the land that we're sitting on recording this episode is on yeah, native true. land. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes true. we forget that. What I is like the Ute tribe or what? what's the tribe, Naomi, do you know of uh, that held the Salt Lake City land or what land are we on? <laughs> all, all eyes are on you, Naomi. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> She's like, no, get me out of here. Click, click, click. It, Internet I mean, disconnected. I, I, I mean, I Sorry, think I don't mean to put you on the spot. Land. No, I'm just thinking about when, you know, you know, when you could put your address into this website and it tells you the native land that you live on. And I believe, so I live in the avenues and that might be different wherever you are in the valley, but I think I believe I live on, live on Eastern Shoshone land. What is that episode do you, or that website? Do you know? I want to look. That's cool. <laughs> all these questions putting me on Google the spot. That. Anyway, we're all on native land. We're all on native land. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Yeah. The whole idea of this podcast, just to let you guys know we're on native land. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but, but, but this is her place, right? <laughs> yeah, this is her place. This, this is, is her, her place. place. Was there anything else? I mean, why the microphones are going here and they're hot. I mean, is there anything else? I mean, I know we kind of skimmed the surface with everything. But was there anything you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't get an opportunity to talk about uh, before we wrap this episode up? Um, we could talk about the title of the podcast. I don't know oh, if yeah. you guys caught the the play on words there. I hope we did. Okay, let's. Is start. there another play on words besides yeah. her? Well, I mean, so you know, the the story is right that Brigham Young and the Mormon pioneers came to the valley, and he like stood on Ensign Peak and he declared. This, this is the is place, the place yeah. right? And we have like, this is her, the place park, state park and all of that. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but that's the legend. Right. Um, that's what's and carried. so, and so when thinking about like naming podcasts or anything is hard, right? Naming humans, naming books, like all of it is just hard. It's um, so true. <laughs> but yeah, like this, like, this is her place has so many different plays and that it's taking Brigham Young's words and claiming ownership, right? There's also the idea of, like, women have their place, like, that, like, archaic idea. Um, but I do oh, think I like it that. is, a, I do think it's a declaration, right? Like, this is her place. I, I declare this to be my place, particularly when Utah is not always thought of as a very progressive place. Or isn't actually even a progressive place for women. So there you go. That's the background. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's a great name. I think you did well. I think uh, whoever, whoever, you know. You're not. That was that was my brainchild. So that was I, I will claim it. So that's awesome. Again, I was saying that Naomi doesn't take a lot of credit, but I I think that. Uh, Patrick kind of had the idea for the for the podcast, but Naomi really is the the core uh, for sure. She's she. You seem like the idea lady. She is. I like it. Well, and then Mike's the heart. <laughs> Am I? Oh, that's yeah. good to know. I should probably be nicer <laughs> on social media. <laughs> In that case, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Oh. The only other thing that I would add is that. I think there are a lot of there are a lot of stories of Utah women um, that need to be told. And sometimes that I don't think people want to hear because they don't they don't subscribe to that woman's belief system or way of life. And I think that if anybody could just put that behind them and just kind of like enter into listening to this one of our episodes, any of our episodes with Today, I'm going to learn a story of a woman who's shaped the world and our community, regardless of who they are or where they come from, whether I agree with them or whether I don't agree with them. If you can just like kind of have an open mind and go into one of the episodes, you're going to leave an episode feeling inspired by uh, by by the women that we feature. So that's the last thing I would say. I'm going to go ahead and agree with that. 
It's and that's why you're going to be on our inspiring. show. That's why you're going to be on our show one day. There you go, Chrissy. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Chrissy's like, we'll talk about that off air. Chrissy has a final question. She asks everybody that comes through here. So I'm going to let her ask the both of you. Thank you again for doing the podcast with us. And uh, best of luck with everything with the podcast. I mean, seriously, this is her place. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Thank you guys seriously so much for coming on. It was really, really fun. And there's a kitty. I see a kitty tail. This is Matilda's here. So, (laughs) She typically extends our recording sessions by 30 minutes because she's like (laughs) causing a scene. Because she's adorable. Because she's adorable. Yeah. I love them. Okay, sorry. I get distracted by cute things. Um, Before we let you guys go and have a wonderful afternoon, can you leave us with a piece of advice or a life motto? Like a life advice for listeners? Yeah, yeah. leave leave our listeners with a piece of advice that you live by or you wish other people would live by. I'll go first because this is something that really, one of the reasons why I wanted to join this podcast, I think that, and I don't have children, but I think that... If you want to make a difference in our world, in the spirit of Governor Olean Walker, read to your child. Work with your child on counting. If your child can read at grade level on third grade at third grade, and if your child is competent in mathematics at third grade, they are more likely to graduate. So the advice I would have is if you're at the grocery store with your kid, count out the apples that you're putting into your bag. One, two, three. Work on reading with them. If they read and if they can count by third grade, they're likely going to graduate and go into roles where they can make a difference in our community. And that's why Governor Olean Walker was such a champion for education. So that would be my advice. Um, Mine is very personal to now. Um, And I actually was talking to Mike about this over our chips and salsa today. One is to breathe. I mean, it sounds so simple, but like I have found such relief and connection to myself and to other people through breath and pausing and expanding through breath, but also finding a lot of healing in that. And then the second part to that is befriending fear Um, And I'm something I'm really I'm working on is befriending my fears and and accepting them as a part of me as opposed to something to push away. So that's what's been on my mind. Thanks again to Naomi Watkins and Michael Aguilar for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our podcast website at IamSaltLake.com. And to find this episode specifically, just type IamSaltLake.com slash 479. Hey, we got an iTunes review here, Chrissy. No way! Yeah, finally. Oh, okay, I have a confession. I didn't look at the notes before we recorded, so I am genuinely just like super excited and blown away. Oh, so, okay, okay. Thanks, yeah, guy. It's been a minute. Or girl, it's, or it's been a minute them. since the, I mean, because the last review we got on iTunes was like back in February. Yeah, so now yeah. it's April. I mean, that just seems like a long time to me. You know what it I mean? Does. It's like, ah, I, let's and go I wonder here. if it's not as many people listen to iTunes, but still, still yeah. much appreciated. Go back, you know, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, whatever your app that you're using says. Uh, I know they go off of Apple Podcasts now. But this one is from Bub Popper. I'm pretty sure this is Jared Hooker, though. I'm pretty sure this is Jared Hooker based off of this review. Hey, I'll take it. So Thanks. I, I'm going to read it here. It says, Hey, a great show that supports locals. Five stars. 
It says, Chris and Chrissy were a joy to chat with on my episode. They are welcoming all types of people on their show, and they ask great questions. From all the episodes I have listened to and the one that I was on, they helped shed a positive light on any local SLC business, culinarian or art artisan. Great show and great hosts. Aw, he's such a great dude. If you guys haven't heard, we're going to guess this is Jared Hooker. If you haven't listened to his episode, it was the last one, and he is super cool and all about BBQ. Yeah, so uh, I, I am saltlake.com slash 478. Go Jared Hooker. Go go find out about this this uh, seasonings, his, his and seasonings and spices. He sent us a whole box of them, though. Oh, we're my gosh. Be, and, like, I'm trying to, like, sneak it into the kids' food, like, pep it up a yeah. little bit. It's been so much fun. We're going yeah. to be doing some heavy barbecuing this uh, this summer, which, uh, well, I mean, we are. Heck, yeah, we are. But, uh, hey, there's a few ways that you can support the podcast. First and foremost, you can tell you your uh, friends and family about us you know it doesn't cost you anything just mention us at the water cooler mention your favorite episode you know over over a family dinner great topic <laughs> not as you know yeah, yeah, debatable. so anyway yeah share us on social media or, or verbalize that uh, to your friends and family or you can become a patreon supporter this is a great way to support the podcast really easy to do at patreon.com slash i am salt lake all right have a great week get out and enjoy the city support local and we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy.